Welcome to another episode of Band Weekly. That's Boris and Matt Weekly, the show where we chat some sports, the show where we chat some entertainment. And then at the end, we bring it all together to chat some sports entertainment. We're your hosts. I'm Boris. And as always, I am joined by Matt. Bonjour. How's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well. Boris, nice to see you, big homie, back in Ontario on Terrible, as it's known in some circles. Uh, we have a lot to get to today, but before we do, man, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm doing really good. Uh, yeah, crazy week. Um, I got so much R&R done. Unfortunately, okay. my ankle is still beat up, but I think it's starting to get better. Uh, but So that's a good thing. But yeah, no, honestly, the week was really relaxing. I tried to do as little as humanly possible, and, you know... I, just want to thank everyone for putting up with uh you know w- with with shows coming in late i think everyone's been a little busy over the past little bit uh you know with summer vacations and and and, and jobs and this and that but uh yeah it's uh, just want to thank everyone for for chilling for being patient we'll get you all the content because over the next few weeks there's so much going on so this is kind of like the calm before the storm because like it's even starting this weekend you know, we have Slammiversary to cover. Next weekend is Forbidden Door. Weekend after that is Money in the Bank. And then just the, the hits keep coming and coming and coming. Yeah, G1 starting. We're going to try to review the whole G1 on this program. Bam. Yep. And, we'll talk uh, about, you know, we'll just live in life. It's summer, man. Well, yeah, we'll talk a little about how we're going to cover the G1 a little later uh, when we get to that part in the wrestling portion but yeah man on top of everything it is summer and uh here in ontario it's been a beautiful summer so far we've been blessed absolutely yeah it's it's nice right now uh they just showed uh the jays are about to start they just showed like the the sun kind of going down over top of the sky dome not the roger center the sky dome and uh, a little, little view of CN Tower in there. It's just a, it's a beautiful night in Toronto, man. Yeah, and it's been a great summer so far. And summer hasn't even technically started yet. Yep, yep, exactly. It's been great. It's honestly been great. But last night, so I got to tell you a story. This is a funny story. I've been meaning to tell you all day, but I figured I'll tell you, knowing that we're going to record BAM, uh, it's a pretty funny one because it does kind of tie into SNME and all that other stuff. So last night... Uh, you know, end, ended up meeting with the lady friend for a little bit. Went to a bar in 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 the in the Toronto neighborhood, and we're just hanging out, have a conversation. But as soon as I saw someone walk in, I noticed that they're like, you know, just kind of staring here and there. And I'm like, okay, whatever. I honest to God thought that they were staring at her, like you know, whatever, bro, right, bro, being bro, do your thing. And uh, she gets up, she goes to the bathroom. And right away, dude just looks at me, and he's like, nice SCU shirt. Oh, nice. <laughs> so you were rocking classic Boris move, rocking the wrestling tee in public? Yep, always. I'm just like 99% of the time I'm wearing a wrestling t-shirt. Uh, so, yeah, so so the guy starts chatting with me. Uh, we're kind of chatting. And, 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 and believe it or not, he listens to SNME on the radio. Oh, nice. Terrestrial radio listener. That's dope, man. Glad to hear that. 
Yeah. And it's funny because I can see someone else kind of trying to listen into our wrestling conversation, uh, you know, from kind of eavesdropping, eavesdropping. And it's kind of funny just because we're chatting a little wrestling, um, you know, especially with the news from yesterday. Uh, you know, we we're kind of chatting Forbidden Door. We were chatting some Dominion and, and all of this while, she, while she's, you know, away in the bathroom. So, of course, when she comes back, she sees me chatting with someone and... That's when the whole S enemy part came up. So you, it's like, of you know, the timing of it could not have been more perfect. Because uh, yeah, so this person talked about you know how awesome you know the, the the quote unquote new generation, the new blood has been doing with S enemy. So you know, I kind of oh, thanked nice. them for that, and I could just see Lady Friend's face, just like, oh, like shut up. <laughs> <laughs> just Boris's head just inflating. No, I love it though. You got to look cool, like perfect timing as she comes back from the bathroom. That's great, man. Yeah. Good story. Yeah. So then we go to another place. Uh and 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 this is more of a cocktail bar. I'm just sitting, you know, having a conversation. Of course, she gets up, goes to the bathroom, and then for some reason I just like I, I started talking to to this uh, random chick. The only reason I started talking to her was because she had like a like a full on brief like uh, travel luggage set, right? So it's like, whoa, where are you coming from? And she's like, well, you know, my flight got delayed, twenty four hours, so I'm in Toronto for the for the day, and I just wanted to, you know take in the sights. Uh, she's originally from the West Coast, believe it or not. Uh, so oh, nice. Yeah, so, so 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 this 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 person isn't unattractive to boot on top of it all, right? So we're just we're just exchanging pleasantries. She likes traveling a lot. I've done a lot of traveling. I love to travel. So we're just talking about like, you know, airport delays and all this. Of course, when the lady friend comes back, I'm here I am talking to this random chick. And she <laughs> just instantly sits down and introduces herself to this person. <laughs> Nice. Just can't yeah. leave this guy alone for two minutes. Exactly. He's too damn social. Exactly. <laughs> Every single time that she went to the bathroom, which is, I think, three in total, I was having a conversation with someone new. That's hilarious, man. You're a social butterfly. I love it, Boris. That's you know how we met. I'm just... not. I'm actually not. <laughs> like, I'm. Well, you I, like, are. I don't think I am. I, I'm like, I'm one of those introverted, ex introverted extroverts. I feel you. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. You can go both ways depending on like, you know, your mood or whatever, like what's going on in your life. Sometimes the weather and shit too, you know what I mean? On a sunny day in the summer, it's way easier to be friendly and to be jovial and to reach out to people and shit. But yeah, man, I feel you. Um, that's good, man. Glad you had a good night. I, uh, I had a good weekend too. You know, life is good. It's fucking, it, it's, it's a beautiful day. Yeah, yeah. What did you get up to this weekend? We haven't really talked too much. No, yeah, true. Well, uh, there was a UFC on, so that was pretty good. I watched a little bit of that, and then I went out uh, to see uh, some old friends. My friend uh, who moved to Australia, actually, to be an architect, which is pretty crazy. He's uh, he's back in town for a month or two. So name went, Art Vandalay. Uh, it is Art Vandalay, yes. <laughs> no, so we went out to Sneaky D's, of course, grabbed a few pints, and then ended up at a couple other uh, bars. I walked home in the rain. That, that wasn't so fun, but the night was great. Had a good time. Uh, I saw some friends from high school and stuff too, and like it, it's cool to see some old friends from high school and just like, not you don't realize because you spend like 10, 15 years apart in uh, in the case of this one friend, but like you don't realize how much you have in common with these people, you know. So it's nice to like catch up and stuff. Uh, so yeah, that was a good thing. And 
Also, I got this roast coming up, Boris. I'm prepared. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to absolutely tear the Pittsburgh Steelers in half. Can't wait for that. Father's Day, June 19th. Trash Talk Comedy Bar. Yep, yep. That's awesome. I can't, I'm, I, I'm pretty excited for that. Uh, because if there's anything that Pittsburgh Steelers are good at is getting, you know, uh, anyways, I can go on, but I'm not going to. Uh, <laughs> too much, too much, too much. Where, like, where do you even start with Pittsburgh, right? Oh, man, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, there's a lot. I, I, I don't want to give away my set. We'll just leave it at that. Exactly. But I'm uh, hope, hoping to have some video out on the, the old social media when it's done. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm very excited. No shortage of material, in my opinion. So should yeah, be no, good. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So it feels weird being back. Like, I wasn't even gone for too long. But when you record so many shows in, in a small, short amount of time, right, it's kind of feel, being weird being back in this general area yeah back yeah back uh back in the cave back yeah. in the uh in the ring yeah exactly so that's good so that's gonna gonna be cool man we have so much to get to uh on this episode so you know what let's not uh waste any more time we have tons of sports to chat about where do you want to start Let's start with not breaking news, but semi-big news that came out today. Toronto Blue Jays left-handed pitcher Hyungjun Ryu, Ryu sorry, expected to miss the rest of the season. Boris, he might miss even more than just one season. Might be getting Tommy John surgery, which is usually like 18 months. Bad news. Yeah, Jays that's... losing a, an important player. Hugely bad. And I just feel like his whole Toronto run has been... Dare I say a bust? Too so much so. Uh, it's been a bust. It's been a bust. Um, what really sucks is, you know, for someone who who was struggling already, and I know it, it, like injuries, right? He's always struggled with injuries for most of his tenure here in Toronto. But number one, not only do I think that this might be the end of Ryu in Toronto, but it might be the end of Ryu. In the MLB, I can honestly see him going back to Japan where he can kind of still be a high caliber pitcher without, you know, ruining his arm. Yeah, you might be right, man. That uh, that's uh, it's disappointing. But Tommy John is a serious thing. Yeah, it, it could be. It could be that he's pitched his last game as a Toronto Blue Jay. I don't know. I don't know if that happens. I guess it's been a bust, but I don't know that you could qualify it as a huge bust. But man, if his career's over, if he never pitches another game as a Toronto Blue Jay, then yeah, I guess you're right. And I just guess mathematically you're right. Yeah, exactly. Like he's he he's missed so much time. And on top of it all, his first season here in 2020, he he didn't even get to play in Toronto. So it's kind of like it's it's really sucked. True. It's really really sucked, but you know, it's it's this is the situation that we're in. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, we had to start with that. But uh, other than that, the Jays are doing pretty well right now. Uh, you know, they've they've righted the ship from uh, a little stumble at the very start of the season. Baseball is so long where we are not even really close to halfway through the season yet. It's baseball games all throughout the entire summer, which, as we've already stated, breaking news: the summer has yet to begin. Anyway, exactly. so. Yeah, lots of baseball remaining, but that's a tough blow. Thankfully, the season is still young. Lots of time for the Jays to find a new starting pitcher. Yep, exactly. Now, here's the thing. Jason Agnew sent me a little something-something earlier, and, and, uh, and I'm taking a look at this thing again because I do believe that he was announced that the player of the week in AAA was Joe Piagini. 
Oh, wow. No I way. Think it's time to call him back up. Old flame. Yeah, bring him back. Of course, he was player of the week. He's hot. Let's do it. Now, strike while that iron's hot. Now or never. Yep. In AAA, 2.08 ERA, .23 whip, and .071 batting average against them. Wow. Yeah, that's very, very good. <laughs> Strike while the iron's hot, bring them up right away. Yeah, the Jays the Jays now have a, a sizable hole uh, in the starting pitching rotation, well, so that sucks. No, not necessarily. I think, if anything, Shirplin has proven that, he, right, at least right now, yes, he had two. He faced the White Sox, and he faced Kansas City. So, okay, not the hardest oppositions, but give him a White chance. Sox are good. Yeah, they're okay. Give him a give him give him the starting role for now. So if anything, right now we need to find a relief pitcher. So who better than Joe Biagini? That's a it's a great call, man. Uh, let's do the I my a pro Biagini agenda has been clear for some time. Yeah, it has been. It has been. Sorry, I'm just thinking. <laughs> I'm still taking a look at his numbers. I, I honestly think that he's he's <laughs> just ogling his numbers. I am. I'm oogling. I'm oogling. Some people oogle at porn. I oogle at uh, pitching stats. <laughs> Be a genie's triple A stats through fucking 15 games of the 2022 season. I love it. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's quickly move on to hockey. Another little small breaking news: Bruce Cassidy, who was unceremoniously fired from Boston, shockingly has already been hired by your boys, the Vegas Golden Knights. He is now driving that ship. Boris, quick thoughts on that? Great pickup yeah. for Vegas. I think he's a great coach. I think he got a really shit deal in Boston with an aging group and a gr- an aging group who probably doesn't want to listen to a coach. So I think that he's going to be a great. Great position in Vegas. I think he's going to really kind of steer the ship properly in the right direction. Look, they didn't have a horrible season. Them having a bad season oh, no. meant them not making the playoffs, right? Like, like, like. let's remember that. Let's put that into perspective. So I think he's a. this is a great call for him. Yeah, a million, trillion percent agree. It's it's a match made in heaven for both sides. And yeah, I think Peter DeBoer is the most overrated coach. The way you feel about like Dave Roberts, maybe in baseball, I feel about Peter DeBoer in hockey, who was the coach of the Vegas Golden Knights most recently. So I think this is a humongous upgrade at coach for Vegas. And I think they're a playoff team next year again, if Jack Eichel gets right, especially. Yeah. Which I'm just praying for him too. I'm I I just want him to just 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 give it to Buffalo, right? Like, yeah, yeah, fuck Buffalo. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> uh, moving on to the Stanley Cup Final, as you predicted at the start of the season, Boris. Hats off to you. This was your final at the start of the year. Uh, we both had the same final four at the start of the playoffs. And uh, we got three out of the four teams. We both missed on Calgary. Edmonton made it instead. But we got Lightning versus Rangers and Colorado. We're at the Stanley Cup final. Tampa Bay Lightning, two-time defending champions versus the Colorado Avalanche, arguably the best team on paper. This is the final we all wanted. This is really good stuff right here. Tampa's hardest opponent in the final because God bless Montreal. They weren't that team last year and uh they also beat dallas to win their first cup tampa did and i think colorado's much much better than both of those teams so uh are you are you backing off your avalanche are you sticking with colorado i'm sticking with colorado colorado's gonna win this series in six games six games interesting 
this is yeah it's it's so tough to call we both said colorado so i'm not gonna bail off of them now but tampa bay is a juggernaut man it would not shock me to see the lightning hoist for a third straight time establish themselves as a dynasty but regardless i'm in that hockey pool i'm still hanging in there i'm down a little bit but i have a lot of tampa bay players and some avalanche so really i'm just cheering for a seven game series high scoring games get me the win in my hockey pool yeah there you go there you go. That that's 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 I love that that's uh how you base your your allegiance <laughs> in sports. That's what I really want. What did I say on the podcast before and what did I uh what do I stand to make money on? That's that is my true allegiance in sports. So go Colorado, seven game series, seven six every game. <laughs> I you know what? I, it's gonna be a high scoring series, I think, regardless. So I think it's gonna be a very fun series. I think that honestly Colorado just has so much to prove right now. Win it for Kadri. I think it's uh, it's going to be a great finals because this playoff series, like the this this postseason, has just been so much fun. I've really enjoyed it. It's been the best one in years. A hundred percent. And we're gearing up for a great off season in the NHL too. So hockey's peaking right now a little bit. Uh, the X factor here, as always is definitely the Tampa Bay goalie, like uh, the best in the world. And he has been for a while. Vasilevsky is untouchable. And if he stands on his head, Tampa Bay will win the Stanley Cup. But Colorado is the team to challenge him. So it's a fascinating series. Going to be a ton of fun. And yeah, hockey's firing right now. That really is firing on all cylinders, just like the Golden State Warriors. Ah, ironically, ironically, my friend, Steph Curry in his last game, was the first time in his career in a playoff game that he didn't hit a single three, and the Warriors still won by 10 points over the Boston Celtics. Is that not a death blow? That feels that feels tough to come back from, man. Yeah. You have to win that game. Steph doesn't hit a three. You have to win that game. Yeah, well, the lady friend was talking about whatever she was talking about. I was actually watching the game, and <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. And um, the game was on in the background, obviously. I'm paying attention. Calm down, everyone. But, yeah, last night's game was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. And what did I say about, like, the the, 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 the craziest part about Golden State is that, yeah, you can put ten players, well, five, I guess, to block Curry. But Curry is just one guy, one great player on that team. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, they got a little bit out of clay, a little bit more out of Draymond than they have been getting. Swaggy Poole, Jordan Poole had an awesome uh, little game. Also, Andrew Wiggins, he has been, like, the reason in some cases that Golden State is here at all. Like, like he has been so much better than anyone expected him to be. Andrew Wiggins really has showed up, and uh, he's like an X factor for Golden State here big time. So, yeah, Golden State's looking really good. People wrote him off. People honestly have been writing Wiggins off, you know, since he got drafted. Here's the thing about Wiggins, and I think we talked about this last week or the week before. If not, this is some new late-breaking, hard-hitting opinions right here, right now. That's <laughs> Andrew Wiggins isn't the leader. He can ne- he's not a leader. You know, he's he's part of no. a, he can be part of a great supporting cast, and that's what he's proving right now in Golden State. Not everybody is friggin' Superman or Batman. Not everybody is a superhero. Not everybody is LeBron James. Like, someone's got to be Robin. Been... Someone's got to exactly. be, you know, someone's got to be, yeah, I, I can go. And we use, we use slightly insulting terms like that to, to explain it, but that's just the fact. Like, and there's no shame in it. And Andrew Wiggins has been like excellent, 
excellent in this role. So I think he's finally cast with a good team in meaningful games. And like you said, not playing uh, against the best defender, not the number one option, more of a number three or four option. And he's playing a lot of like power forward and center, getting a ton of rebounds. He's changed his game a lot. So yeah, shout out to Andrew Wiggins. And I think the Golden State Warriors might just win this series game six in Boston. I actually misspoke on the, on the midweek mark out on the midweek mic out. I said the last game was in Boston. It wasn't, it was in golden state. This next one is in Boston. This next one is in Boston. And that's where I think golden state will win the series. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think this is it. They're going to close it out while they can. Don't make it a game seven. I think uh, everyone's hearts will just, uh, just go on a little little extra at that point. But, no, it's been a great – it's been a fun series. It's been a tough series. But Golden State is just too damn good right now. Yeah, it's funny, too, because I, I like – after that game that just happened, I was like, oh, well, we'll see you game seven, you know, because it's just the, it's the normal reaction. But after, like, sleeping on it, after really considering that Boston didn't win the game where Steph missed every three-pointer he took – you know, like Boston still is struggling to score against this team. They didn't break 100 points. And I think it's going to be a fashionable bet. Everyone's going to expect Boston to bring it back to Golden State. Everyone's going to expect Boston to win game six. And I think they're going to lay an egg. I uh, don't trust these Celtics. Yeah. Fuck them. No, obviously, obviously the Celtics are in the final for a reason. But yeah, uh, Golden State to win game six. Yep. There you go. Heard it here 200th time. Before, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we're definitely not the first ones to predict that. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up for sports chat, buddy. Unless you got anything else. There's some World Cup things happening. I know Australia qualified. We have some Aussie listeners. Shout out to the Socceroos. Uh, if I wasn't cheering for Canada, I would be cheering for the Socceroos. I have a soft spot for them. Who, who couldn't have a soft spot for them? Look at that a nickname. Any team that beats Italy in a World Cup game gets my thumb up. <laughs> I love it. Go Socceroos. Canada versus Australia World Cup final. Let's do it. I <laughs> can't imagine. No, but no, Socceroos, <laughs> no, the best, best goalkeeper. Best goalkeeper out there. How can you not love that? That team is just fun, right? Like, they're fun. Uh, one thing I did want to bring up about the World Cup, and that's Canada and Canada's form. I think we didn't talk about this last week on BAM, the whole Canada CSA thing. I'm going to let it unfold a little more before we go deep into it. But yeah, I've been calling the CSA rigged motherfuckers for over a decade. <laughs> Harsh, but uh, hey, man. Well, it's not like FIFA is. You know what I mean? It's like there's there. I can see it. It's football. It's that's what happens. Yeah. At the end of the day. Exactly. I still have my disband the CSA shirt. Like screw the CSA stuff. <laughs> they've been an issue in Canada. They've been hindering Canadian soccer for so many years, and. Oh. It's it's just ridiculous. Like it's absolutely ridiculous. So you know, I 100% stand by the players, and 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 you know the CSA's business decisions. You know, have, have, have Canada has done well despite them. Is is what I'm trying to say at the end of the day. But again, once things get wrapped up, we'll give you like the full in and out news of what's going on with the CSA. But let's talk a little bit of Canada. Canada lost last night. And that's Monday, June 13th to Honduras 2-1 in the CONCACAF Nations Cup. And this is, you know, a I've always said it. You know that I've been saying. I've been always, I've been a little iffy on the Canadian midfield. Yeah, it was a rainy, shitty 90 minutes for Canada. But, you know, these are the games where you're really trying to tune up a little. We have one more 
international break in September to really tune up. So I'm hoping yeah. that Canada can can actually figure their shit out. They look good again uh, on Thursday against Curacao, game that I went to in Vancouver. They look good. And the thing is, like, I know we were facing a really weak team, but these are the teams that Canada used to still struggle against and barely beat. Maybe beat one nothing, maybe beat two one, but they, you know, they they they, they won four nothing, which was great. But I still saw a little awkwardness in their midfield. So, you know, I hope that they fix up this midfield. I hope that they figure out what's going on in regards to coughing up the ball and turnovers. That seems to be their number one issue. And a team like Honduras just was able to capitalize on that with Canada. Again, tons of reasons why. Weather and and, and whatnot. But, you know, let's see. Let's see. Let's, Let's fix it up before November, boys. Yeah, that's all. Just, you know, mop up, mop up the little spill before November. Lots of time to clean up on aisle three. But uh, yeah, it's I, I wouldn't panic, but it, it's not ideal. Not the best thing to lose to Honduras. But yeah, it, let's not panic yet. No, no, I'm not saying panic, but I'm just saying this is still a great team. It's still a good team. I, I think that they will still push it to Belgium on the 23rd. And I'm just really, you know, I just, like I said, there's a couple things that they need to fix. And I hope that they do address those things prior to November 23rd, which is when my birthday, uh, 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 hangover will begin. Yes. The world cup birthday, Boris Bender. Yep. For the ages. When can I honestly watch a world cup for my birthday? So literally only it's a once in a lifetime opportunity, man. Only this year. It's crazy to think that like the World Cup would have started on Friday if it wasn't in Qatar. Oh wow, true. I yeah, that's that is crazy to think. That's something I had not considered until this very moment. Yep. So that's where we're at, man. That's where we're at. All right. I think that is the end of uh, some sports chatter. I think it's time to move on to the sports entertainment chatter. All right. So do you want to start by reviewing this uh, weird ass NWA always ready professional wrestling show live from the Knoxville Convention Center, June 11th, 2022? Let's do it. (laughs) All right. So we complained and, uh, you know, uh, bitched and moaned about the length of uh, AEW's most recent pay-per-view double or nothing. And rightfully so, I guess. Like, what was it? Five hours with pre-show? You know what this show was, Boris? What was it? It was five hours with pre-show. Okay, and if you're watching, if you're if you're watching AEW for five hours, it's one thing, and it's like tiring, and it could be too much. But like five hours of an NWA show, guys, look, guys. (laughs) I know, and I agree with you wholeheartedly, a thousand percent, even, but. But it's NWA just isn't our style. And I think that's what we ultimately need to remember. You and I, at least. It's not our style. Yes. Not for us. I know people eating this shit up like honeycomb cereal. <laughs> well, I do like honeycombs. And I don't dislike the NWA. There were some good matches. There were some good moments. But overall, after spending five hours of my life, and I had to watch it in two chunks, watching this show, I do feel like, hmm, I think I might be done with the NWA. And when the when the 73rd anniversary show rolls around, if they do another women's show too, we'll probably watch that. But I might stick it to one a year. I might officially only watch the anniversary every year. Because 
I don't know. I wouldn't call a single match on this great. You could talk me into the women's title match being great. Actually, that might have been a great wrestling match. But other than that, just five hours of of, you know, halfway decent to good to sometimes god awful, shockingly lower end pro wrestling. But yep. sometimes good and sometimes not so good. Yeah, I agree with you. It's hard, man. But like I said, it's not for us. I know people love it. It, it, it's that old school style for a lot of people, that nostalgia for some, and to each their own. But yeah, it's 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 a tough watch for me. Yeah, and we'll we'll try to be fair. I'll tell you what I hated. I'll tell you what I liked, and uh, we'll you know we'll go through it. Uh, so the pre-show started. Lots of Black G's, BLK G's on the pre-show. But Black G's is good. He's a good speaker. I liked his performance there. Our first match was Rodney Mack. Versus a man named Magic Jake Dumas. He's got like a a shitty magician gimmick. He's like, he's a magician, but he's bad at it. And he's got an assistant, CJ. Very, very attractive lady who's like the star of the act. And she's like, she's basically... Uh, I don't even know. She's kind of a sunny, but not like not really like super heel. But she's definitely like the the focus. She's hitting this guy in the face because she's not really paying attention to what you know. She's tripping him by accident, etc. So Magic Jake Dumas. Uh, this match, I don't know. Rodney Mac uh, of old WWE fame versus Magic Jake Dumas. A bad wrestling match. A bad start to the pre-show. I couldn't imagine this really. You know, enticing anyone to buy NWA Always Ready, Boris. Yeah, yeah, I can can for sure see that. I can for sure see that, unfortunately. Yeah, um, yeah, so just terrible. One Southern wrestling, one cowbell out of five for this one. Uh, Chelsea Green promo I actually thought was very good, uh, talking about Matt Cardona's injury vaguely, but I thought she she did a good job. There was a, a whole Samuel Shaw thing the former dexter loomis cuts a quote-unquote promo where he says almost nothing his nickname in nwa is the hatchet and we will see more of samuel shaw later how do you feel about dexter loomis in nwa hey it's great that he's in nwa because i don't have to watch him <laughs> ah fair enough all right so yeah so the next match the morton's Ricky Morton and son Kerry Morton versus AJ Kazana and Anthony Andrews versus the ill begotten who are Jeremiah Plunkett and Alex Taylor, a triple threat tag team match. Another bad match, man, just a match. We've seen a lot of these matches like in other promotions recently, and they've been awesome. AEW has had some triple threat tag team matches. NXT UK had a really good one with unique rules, which I, I loved. This match was just bad, man. It was it was bad in any era. God bless Ricky Morton, but he is just he's very very old, obviously. And it's just yeah, it was uh, you know the crowd was somewhat into it. They're pushing Gary Morton. It wasn't a total waste of time. They worked hard, but yeah, bad wrestling match. We're gonna go two cowbells out of five for this one. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. Yeah, I, I feel the same about about Morton as you do. It's like he's there, he's doing stuff, but sure, whatever. Yeah. There's another a generational wrestler that we'll talk about later. Who who who? I think we're we're a little biased on, but yeah. 
Yeah, well, well, yeah, exactly. We'll talk about it. I mean, Ricky Morton was an all-time legend. He's got some incredible classic matches under his belt, and he's free to do whatever he wants in wrestling. I'm not saying retire. Kerry Morton and Ricky Morton win with the double drop kick, of course, so that was fun. Uh, so we head to the main card, Trevor Murdoch versus Aaron Stevens. So... Man, weird match, not the best wrestling match. There was a scary spot here where Aaron Stevens tries to jump off the top rope, something I've never seen ever before in wrestling. And it happened twice on this show, Boris. In the main event, it happened too, where Stevens tried to jump off the top rope and his boot got caught in the turnbuckle and he kind of face planted. Looked like he sold it, obviously, sold it well, and they worked a little bit of the match around it. But it looked like he could have really like fucked his knee up badly Aaron Stevens on that one so Billy Corgan you have money fucking fix your ring bud but uh, yeah so Trevor Murdoch defeats Aaron Stevens not a good wrestling match but after the after the match uh Aaron Stevens cuts a nice promo we'll talk about that in a little bit um I I do like where the storyline's going this match wasn't great yep yep sounds about right Trevor Murdoch wins with the top rope bulldog. All right, moving on. Uh, NWA women's tag team title, pretty empowered, defeats the Hex and wins the tag team title. This wasn't so bad. I think it was maybe time to change the the title. The Hex have had it for the entirety, the length of the the title since it's been back. So pretty empowered. Kenzie Page and Ella Envy. Uh, Solid match. It was like it was like up and down, but but overall, I think it was like far and away the best match on the show so far. We're gonna give it two and a half cowbells. Nice, nice, nice. Always good seeing some good tag. I like the hex personally. Yeah, the hex are all right, but yeah, no, I'm not saying the hex are bad, but I do feel like it was time to change the yeah. title. It kind of feels like we're building to the hex wrestling each other. It's gonna be the breakup angle. Also of note. uh Ella Envy wins this match, Boris, with the play of the day, a.k.a. MVP's finishing move, a.k.a. the worst finishing move in all of wrestling. God bless MVP and Ella Envy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right, so the show picked up a lot here. This this next little stretch was good. Homicide versus PJ Hawks for the NWA Junior Heavyweight Championship. Homicide wins a really good match far and away the best thing on on the show so far it was like it was a good technical in-ring hard-hitting affair homicide wins with the cop killer aka the vertebraker yeah that's uh, every time i see that move i still cringe oh my god it's disgusting the most dangerous move in all of professional wrestling is the vertebraker three cowbells out of five for this one solid match best on the show so far got even better when colby carino came in and after a beat down his cronies came out beat the crap out of everyone involved and then colby carino cashes in his championship shot from the dreadful championship series boris which uh was a waste of everyone's time but there are still championship series shots out there so colby carino cashed his in i'd love to see who still has theirs i have absolutely no idea there's got to be a couple left but yeah so colby cashes in and homicide beats the crap out of him now it was a really good more of a street fight style they went into the crowd they uh fought up by the entrance way this was Probably, in my opinion, the match of the show. I would also hear an argument for the women's title match. But I thought this was very good on the border of great. And uh, Homicide wins yet again with uh, 
I, I believe he used a submission. Yes, it was the Guido clutch here in my notes. So it was not a submission. It was like the camel clutch thing that he, it's, it starts as a camel clutch, but then he pushes his opponent's head down into a pinning position, and that, that is how he won. Yeah. It's really not looking like Kobe's going to win the belt, is he? Eventually he will. I think he will. I think it's long-term storytelling. You know, he's you can't just give it to him right away because then there's nowhere to go. But uh, yeah, I do think eventually Colby will win it and hold it as a heel. But yeah, his time it's just not quite his time, according to Billy Corgan. I would have this belt on him. I'd have the the NWA title on him. Maybe like I think Colby Corgan you know, is fantastic. Probably match of the show. Three and three quarter cowbells. Sorry, Boris. Continue. No, that's it. I just had same. We can move on. Beautiful. Next match was uh, straight out of TNA, like 2002-3. It was a TNA knockouts match. It was uh, literally tits and ass and and spanking and booty-based offense. Natalia Markova versus Taya Valkyrie, the former Frankie Monet. Thick girl match, Boris. Uh, I was here for it, you know. I'm not complaining so much. They they worked hard. They they did what they were they were you know tasked with. But at the same time, it was it was uh, some bullshit. It was a bullshit wrestling match. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's call a spade a spade, right? Yeah, they were spanking each other. I mean, come on, uh, two two out of five to, to be generous. They uh, they they're still talented performers, but it it was uh, it was the piss break match. It was literally the TNA match, literally and figuratively, because it was straight out of TNA wrestling from the two thousand two to five era. There you go. All right, uh, all right. This next match. I could see people hating. I actually kind of enjoyed it on this show, but like I would have enjoyed it a lot more on a two-hour show or a three-hour show. Jax Dane versus Chris Adonis for the NWA National Championship. Very like old school, like an 80s wrestling match. There was like uh, they did a full master lock challenge, a full ass one, lots of stalling, but uh, it was it was very entertaining at the end of the day. Jax Dane beat Chris Adonis, which I was actually shocked by, but I guess Chris Adonis has already had this title, so they're, I don't know, they're kind of telling that story. So yeah, Jax Dane defeats Chris Adonis with a lariat. Halfway decent match. I would go as high as three cowbells out of five for this one. Very cool, very cool. I like I like Chris Adonis, but yeah, I think his time is kind of starting to get near. Yeah, I think you might be right about that. And this is where the show started going back downhill. This is where it started becoming a long episode of NWA Power. Tom Latimer, Tom Latimer versus Sion, the masked man, with Austin Idol as his manager. Just like felt longer than it was. Just your average kind of plodding big guy versus big guy match. We're going to go with another Two cowbells out of five. Thom Latimer wins with his uh, pop-up power bomb. Not a patch on Kevin Owens. Is Thom Latimer? <laughs> love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. World Television Championship. God damn it! Why is Tyrus still employed? Tyrus with black G's versus Mims. Tyrus wins. A match that was even worse than the fake magician match. Like, Tyrus is just wrestling death, man. He's just terrible. And part of the reason why I want to quit watching a NWA is I just don't want to watch this guy work. I just don't want to watch a 15-minute Tyrus match. Yep. Uh, one of the worst matches I've seen all year. Everything he does sucks. Everything he does is slow. If you thought the Funkasaurus was bad 10 years ago, 
Imagine him caring less, being less athletic, and getting pushed significantly harder. It's terrible. It's god-awful. Zero stars, negative stars maybe. I don't know. Zero time for this. Uh, Tyrus wins because, of course. And then he tries to shake his opponent's hand and then hits him again, making his opponent look like an idiot. Poor Matthew Mims. You deserved better than this. A bullshit match. Uh, bullshit. Just just my rating. I'm not even putting a number on it. My rating is bullshit out of five. I love it. Call it I zero. Love it. I love it. <laughs> All right, show show picked up a little bit, but honestly, the crowd was murdered dead by Tyrus, and it kind of ended the show abruptly there. So this next match was the NWA World Tag Titles, Doug Williams and Harry Smith versus Mecha Wolf and Bestia 666. They tried really hard. Crowd didn't give a fuck about this match because they were murdered, like I said in the previous segment, but the, the four people worked really hard. Uh, I like the Commonwealth connection, Doug Williams and Harry Smith, as an old-ass British man team. Kind of reminds me of a poor man's William Regal and Dave Taylor back in the day. Yes. Very poor man's. But, uh, yeah, so this was a good match with a crowd that they had to fight the entire time. But uh, the Commonwealth connection win the title with uh, a Davey Boy Smith Jr. diving headbutt, I believe, was the finish there. New tag team champions in the NWA. Good match. Three cowbells out of five. Yeah, cool. That's very cool. Uh, I knew they were going to get the belts eventually, so that they just bit the bullet, put it on them now. Let's see what happens. Uh, Wonder who their first opponents are going to be. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Maybe they can get the Briscoes back in there and have a, a match or two that could be fun. Um, so at this point in the show, one good thing they did was they replaced Velvet Sky on commentary with Bully Ray for the rest of the night. I'm not the hugest Bully Ray fan. I don't hate him like some people do. Uh, he's all right, but he was really good on commentary on this night, especially compared to Velvet Sky, who, God bless her, might be the worst commentator in all of professional wrestling. I, you know, she's bad. Yeah, she's Anywho... Better. So Camille versus Kylan King for the NWA women's title. Also extremely, very, very good match. Hard fought. They beat the crap out of each other. The story of this match, Camille has been on her honeymoon, living life, enjoying the champion's spoils, Boris. And Kylan King has been working hard. This is the most important uh, moment of her life. And Camille's overlooking her. And Kylan's here to shock her. And they had a really good match. I Bully Ray was instrumental in training these women, I guess. Um... So it was really nice to hear Bully on commentary. And overall, this was like a feel-good match. Camille ekes it out, wins a hard-fought battle with a spear, her finisher. And uh, Kylan King might be the one to take this title off Camille long-term. This was a very good match as well. As good as Colby versus Homicide. Three and three-quarter cowbells for this big homie. Nice. I I like seeing Camille because I remember when I started watching her, she was... uh, Honestly, no better than Jade Cargill. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? I mean, she's improved a lot, but uh, as has Jade. Uh, you, oh. When these these people are working hard and they're they're really they're improving in front of our eyes. Yep, exactly. I love to see that like that 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 improvement, that uh, that forward progression in in some of these people. Like, you know, like, thing it just gets to me when people start talking shit about some of these wrestlers. It's like you get your ass in the ring. Like you, you see, you, you, you fucking try it for a for a second, um, you know. And then wow. seeing, especially how committed some of these w- people are, especially Camille and Jade Cargill, you know they're super committed. So you know, it, it's 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 a feel good story at the end of the day. 
That's why it bugs me. Like, oh, Kenny Omega sucks. Like, uh, get out of here. Like, no, he doesn't. He obviously doesn't. Anyway, uh, not to. Any, I uh, I agree with you. Uh, wrestlers deserve our respect uh, all uh, across the board, unless their names are Tyrus. <laughs> uh, Matt Cardona promo that went inexcusably long during this five-hour show. But I do like Matt Cardona's work a lot. I thought he did well. It's just the crowd was asleep, unfortunately. Chelsea Green came out looking really good. The Cardonas, the, the whole shebang, the whole crew come out. Uh Matt Cardona does officially relinquish the NWA title. It's really funny. He was he looked at uh, Chelsea Green holding the title. He says, I love you. Do I have to give you up? And then Chelsea notices that he's talking to the title and not Chelsea. <laughs> she kind of gives him a look. Ah, it was a pretty fun moment in this promo. Uh, quite enjoyed it. So Billy Corgan comes out and doesn't talk on the microphone, but he speaks to Cardona on camera for like four or five minutes, just like blah, blah, blah. I guess as though it was real, but like, it's not. So you could pick up a microphone. If you're going to come out, Billy, if you're going to be Vince McMahon, you might as well at least try to entertain the people instead of just quietly being in a ring for a couple minutes. Just my opinion. Maybe I'm wrong about that. So anyway, this all sets up a fatal four way. All these people come out. It's a 20 minute raw promo at the end of a four hour pay-per-view with a one hour pre-show. A terrible idea booking wise. This should have started the show in my opinion. But anyway, so we get a fatal four way for the NWA title, which had just been vacated. So Your I part- have to ask you, hold Sorry, on. before ahead. we move forward, I have to ask you, how do you feel Billy Corgan and the NWA treated this? How do you think they handled the situation? Because there was no there was no secret that Cardona wasn't going to wrestle. Do you think that it was kind of sneaky of them? Do you think it was carny of them to kind of, you know, still be promoting the, the, the heavyweight match as it was going to happen? Uh, inarguably, yes. Yeah, it was a carny move. It was a sneaky move. Now, like you said, it was no secret. So it would have been way worse in 1985. You know what I mean? I don't think it's terribly egregious because it was very clear on uh, through every channel, including like social media that like their own social media, like NWAs and the performers that like something was going on with Matt Cardona and he may not wrestle here. And he did, he did show up. He did relinquish the title. I don't know. You could argue like Shawn Michaels losing his smile was worse than this. Like, I don't think it was the most egregious thing that's ever happened in wrestling, but was it shady? Yes. Was it Carney? Oh yes. Very much. So yes, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, all right, let's talk about the match itself. Trevor Murdoch versus Nick Aldis versus Thom Latimer, your boy, Boris, and Dexter Loomis, Samuel Shaw, the hatchet. So, again, those names. Trevor Murdoch, Nick Aldis, Tom Latimer, Samuel Shaw. This was a little better than I thought it was going to be, considering the names probably better than it had any right to be. Samuel Shaw, very much still Dexter Loomis, doing all the same Dexter Loomis spots. He hasn't changed a lick. Looks the same. It's just Dexter Loomis in NWA right now. So, you know, they have a they have a solid, I would say, three cowbell match. Not in the top three best things on the show, but not bad at all. One after... Uh, Nick Aldis, uh, I forget what he did. He knocked Thom Latimer off the apron with some kind of something. And then classic Boris, your favorite thing, stood there and waited for Trevor Murdoch to bulldog him off the top rope and win. 
the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship for a second time, Trevor Murdoch. Two-time champion now. Good for him. I'm happy for him. Would not have been my choice. And I don't think it's necessarily exciting or very creative, but for what they want... Trevor Murdoch is a good NWA champion. Why they want that, I think, is is baffling and arguable. But they want to be a small Southern wrestling promotion, so why not Trevor Murdoch, man? Why not? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't know. Uh, makes me wonder what the plan is for the future. Are they going to go back to an Aldous Murdoch program? What do you think? Looks like Looks yeah. like it, man. Just like, what else do they got? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I think that's the only thing that they could go to. Winner gets Cardona again. Let's just run it back. Yeah, exactly. All right, cool. So how would you rate the match? Oh, yeah, three cowbells out of five for that match. Pretty good, but didn't blow my socks off. The only things on that show worth seeing were the whole homicide versus PJ Hawks and then Colby Carino thing and the women's title match was also pretty good the rest of the show was skippable and I think officially I'm done with NWA shows except maybe the anniversary you can talk me into watching those but other than that uh, it needs to pick up a little more steam like like Impact we we stopped watching Impact until it got some buzz so if NWA gets buzz we'll be back until then we're only watching the one biggest show of the year yep. uh, at least me I'm out I'm done Speaking of Impact, let's move on to Impact because this weekend is a huge weekend for Impact Wrestling. It is Slammiversary. It is the 20th anniversary of TNA 20 fucking yeah. years. Yeah, man. Next week on BAM, we're going to have a little a little preview of a of a perhaps a new podcast or retro podcast coming down the line. But we're going to do a retro look back at the first episode of TNA, and it's going to be crazy we're also going to review this here show so let's go through the card for slammiversary 2022 how did tna last 20 years what kind of timeline is this exactly there is a world where tna is the number one wrestling show in the world just remember that terrifying i terrifying. okay here's okay let's run through the card for slammiversary the countdown to actually... sorry I sorry to interrupt you. I actually love the gimmick of this card, which is let's use all our gimmicks. All the matches that TNA has created or come up with or fucking in a fever dream Vince Russo thought of one day, they're all on this card. So I, I, I'm actually pretty pumped for that. Yeah, we might as well call it Slammiversary Lockdown. All the gimmicks. But <laughs> can you imagine? Every match is, a, is, a, is, is anyways, like on top of every gimmick, you're in a cage. Yeah, no doubt. But yeah, so yeah. All right. So. Um, let's go. Let's go through it. Starting with man, honestly, the biggest news story in TNA in years on the pre-show. The reverse battle royal is back. All right. I love the rules to this. We don't know who's going to be participating in it yet, but here are the rules. The match begins. Oh, fuck. I, who thinks up on this stuff? All right. The match begins outside of the ring with everyone fighting until seven wrestlers make it into the ring. Everyone else is eliminated at this point. The match then switches to a standard battle royal rules. The battle royal continues until there are two competitors left. And then we switch the match for a third time. And it's now a regular match to determine the winner of the reverse battle royal. So it starts with X people all on the floor next to the ring. 
and they're fighting to get into the ring, to step inside the ring. Once there are seven of all numbers people in the ring, then it's a real battle royal until there are two, and then it's a wrestling match. Just insanity. Just absolutely insane. I can't wait to see it. It's been too long. I, I love our excitement for this shit. All right. <laughs> also, on the Countdown to Slammiversary show, we have the Impact Digital Media title match. Brian Myers who's the uh, versus Rich Swan. Yeah, that'll be fun. Rich Swan, uh, uh, fine Impact Digital Media champion, good wrestler like Rich Swan. Yep. All right. To the main card, we have a Monsters Ball match. Moose versus Sammy Callahan. Monsters Ball, which is like basically... T, uh, TLC, all weapons allowed, but the story is that they're locked in a room, starved for 24 hours with no light or bread or water. Do they still do the starvation gimmick on no, Monsters Ballers? Uh, so it's just a fuck now? Yeah, I, actually, I, I remember that. I seem to remember that they don't do the locked in a room gimmick anymore. Oh, TNA. But okay, yep. hardcore match, Sammy Callahan versus Moose. That'll be fine. All right, we have a 10-man tag team match. We have Team Honor No More, Eddie Edwards, PCO, Vincent, and my boys, Mike Bennett and Mike Matt Taven, versus the Impact Originals, Frankie Kazarian, Chris Sabin, Alex Shelley, and two mystery partners. Bring back Shark Boy, you cowards. I'm sure it will be. I'm sure one of them will be. I hope so. And um, what's uh, Chris Daniels' alter ego? Oh, uh, a curry man? Yeah. Yes. Let's do it. <laughs> Shark boy and curry man. Those are my official predictions. All right. We have for the Impact Knockouts World Tag Team titles, Rosemary and Taya Valkyrie versus Tennille Dashwood and Madison Rain. Couple good Canadian gals, Rosemary and Taya Valkyrie, who could not be more different. That's an interesting pairing. Yeah, this is a very weird one. All right. For the Impact World Tag Team titles, we have the Good Brothers versus the Briscoes. So, I, I mean, on paper, I don't love the Good Brothers, but apparently they had uh, a pretty good segment, a fight on the farm with the Briscoes and the Good Brothers uh, recently. So, well, we'll give it a chance. We'll give it a chance. Yep. They did have a pretty good uh, segment a little while ago. All right. Ultimate X. For the Impact X Division title, we have Jack Evans versus Kenny King versus Mike Bailey versus Trey Miguel versus Alex Zane versus Ace Austin, your champ. Yeah, so Ultimate X match, awesome gimmick. Nice to see Speedball in there. I think Speedball has to win the title, hold the X Division title. Never has there been a more perfect X Division champion than Speedball Mike Bailey. Give him the belt. Yep, agreed. Queen of the Mountain match for the Impact Knockouts World title. Chelsea Green versus Deanna Peraza versus Mia Yim versus Jordan Grace versus your champ, our girl, Tasha Steels with a Z. Yes, so I actually have no idea who's going to win this match. I can see all five combatants winning this one. Uh, it will be interesting. Queen of the Mountain first ever. The yep. penalty box in wrestling. I love it. Mickey James is the special guest enforcer, and I have a feeling she is going to go heel to help one of the women win. Oh, interesting. I can see it. Yeah, I can see that happening. And then your Impact World title match, Eric Young versus Josh Alexander. 
Gotta have an original or at least like a TNA kind of lifer in there. It'd be nice if it could be, uh, you know, we love Eric Young here. Good Canadian boy versus good Canadian boy in the main event. It'd be nice if it could be AJ Styles or something. But hey, Eric Young is a worthy main eventer of this, this, you know, celebration of TNA history. Yep. May, hey, look, look, if the forbidden door was open for Mickey James, I wouldn't put it past anyone to show up at this point. You never know. That's true, man. It's a really yeah. good point. It would be awesome to see AJ poke his head in on this show. The crowd would go insane. Oh, fuck. I would go insane. Yeah. Absolutely. So I'm excited. Unfortunately, I can't watch that show live because I'm going to be tearing up the Pittsburgh Steelers on June 19th. But I will be watching that show. We will review on the next episode of BAM Slammiversary 2022 and the first episode of TNA from 2002. Yep. All right, let's move on to some New Japan Pro Wrestling. Before we get to New Japan Pro Wrestling, Dominion's show from Saturday evening, Sunday morning, depends which coast you were in. Let's talk about the G1. Yeah, so very interesting. 28 wrestlers now, man. 28 entrants, four blocks. Largest G1 field ever. All right. So what I'm assuming this is going to happen is we have four blocks. So the winner of the four blocks are going to then be in a tournament style the final weekend of the G1. That's what I'm assuming. Yeah, it seems like we're going to get a final four at what at which point yeah they will wrestle each other and it will dwindle down to two it's probably not going to be a fatal four-way i would be shocked if that happened although we see that happening more and more in new japan it's not going to happen here it will be singles matches with the four winners for sure so um man so yeah i guess we should read off all the name yeah well let's go through the list and then get our opinions on on this because there's been a lot of a lot of a opinions thrown out there so let's get let's get to it we have david finley from aew lance archer we have zach saber jr tai chi el fantasmo kenta jay white sonata aaron hinari will osprey great okan jeff cobb tomohiro ishii toru yanu yoshihashi jonah juice robinson tom freaking lawler so happy about that yeah. evil Yujiro Takahashi, Bad Luck Fale, Chase Owen, Shingo Takaki, Tamatonga, Hiroki Goto, Tetsuya Naito, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Kasuchika Okada. So here's how I think the the brackets will shake down. And maybe I'm completely off base on this and just crazy. But I think we're going to have three guy jeans make the final four and Okada. So I think we're going to get Okada. Zack Sabre Jr., Jay White, and Will Ospreay. And Okada wins the G1 yet again. Okada's going to beat, I'm going to say, Jay White in the final. And Ospreay night one? And he beats Will Ospreay, beats Jay White, and sets up Wrestle Kingdom where he reclaims the title again. Yep, that's exactly what I'm thinking. I think, yeah, I think we have the exact same scenario built up nice. in our minds uh but so i, I hate think that's I, gonna happen because it gives yeah. okada the chance to take some time after g1 until basically king of pro wrestling in october and i guess the next appearance after that really won't have to be until wrestle kingdom yeah yeah theoretically you might not have to be shout out to paul york our boy yorkie birthday boy paul york actually at this moment 
Uh, sadly, I don't think anymore it's going to be Zack Sabre Jr. winning the G1. If if Okada needed an opponent, maybe. But Jay White needs an opponent, so it's Okada. You know what I mean? I don't think Jay White's going to be wrestling Zack Sabre Jr., uh, unfortunately, at Wrestle Kingdom. So here's the thing. I've been seeing a lot of negative opinions about this. New Japan doesn't care about the G1. They're phoning it in. What? Why so many wrestlers, what? et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Honestly, I've seen so many negative opinions thrown at you. Terrible let's, thing. Let's, okay, but here's the thing. Let's be honest. What did you think was going to happen? You think John Moxley is going to be going missing for a month and a half? You think that Tony Khan is just going to willy-nilly give up huge stars like Moxley or others for a month and a half? I actually do think like it won't I it wouldn't shock me to see next year Danielson or Moxley or both or more. Like, yeah, I don't think that's crazy, man. I think I a big think I, reason why it's maybe not Moxley because he's about to win the world title. They would maybe not are gonna give up their world yeah. champion. The only reason, the only, only reason why Brian Danielson isn't in this is because fans can't clap yet. And it's not it's the first year of this new you know what I mean? Like uh, this new scenario with the four blocks. It could be a, it could be a down year for the G1. I don't think it's quite Brian Danielson's time, but I think a big part of why he signed with AEW was specifically to do this tournament. If, I think he wants he wants fans to be able to cheer and stuff. That, I think that's probably a big if, part of it too. No, but again, Tony Khan's not an idiot. He's not going to give up a wrestler for a month and a half. Here's the thing. Here's the scenario that I can see happening next year. Four blocks, at least one block, is going to be All-American. And it's going to take place entirely in the States. Maybe. That, I could see that. But that then kind of defeats the I can purpose. see Tony Khan giving up his guys because they can still do Dynamite. They can still do Rampages. You know, you're building up to All Out throughout July. So that's a huge ask for the promoter of a, of, of, a, of a huge wrestling company to just give people up willy-nilly. So if it takes place in the States, at least one block, you know, I think I can honestly see that being a more realistic uh, compromise between all parties. That's a, they, You might be right, man. That's actually a really intelligent scenario that you laid out. But I just disagree that Tony wouldn't send Brian Danielson I over for six weeks. I, 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 I would not send out well, any like major wrestlers for a month <laughs> and a half when you're still being expected to get good ratings, when you're still being expected to deliver for the pay-per-view, when you're still expected to do X, Y, Z. It's it's a it, it would be really dumb of him in my opinion. It doesn't even it doesn't even grow your brand. I disagree massively with the fact that it would be dumb and that it doesn't grow your brand. I I think that's crazy. Of course it would well, grow your get, brand. Maybe you're only get, what, a couple more Japanese views. How's it going to grow the brand domestically? That's what matters well, the most. Get the ratings for TNT for TBS. It absolutely could by showcasing Brian Danielson in some awesome dream matches that you could show on TV. You could put one on Dark. You could put one on the actual Rampage show or on the actual Dynamite show. Show clips of it at least. You're getting Brian Danielson in possibly dream matches. Brian Danielson versus Okada. Brian Danielson versus yeah, okay. Tanahashi. Now, but maybe your casual person watching, changing channels, who is this Japanese guy versus this little guy? That's what, that's what okay. they're going to be saying. Dude, it's okay, true. Vince Russo. It's true. Okay, no, Vince but that's Russo. that's what's gonna happen. That's what's gonna happen. I disagree. The G one has not like it does not bring in casual viewers whatsoever for 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 AEW. That's that's it's it's literally never been tried. It has literally never once been tried. So I don't think we could say that. But man, I I don't know. It's just like. 
I don't think I, I, I they they let Lance Archer go, right? Yeah, Obviously, Lance, Lance Archer's not a right world now? champion, but what's he doing right well, now? So that's what I mean. You can you can have Brian Danielson step away no, for six it, weeks. Dude, are you honestly comparing Brian Danielson and Lance Archer? Are you saying that they're at the same level for AEW? Absolutely the fuck not, nor did I even begin to intimate that. No. <laughs> of I course, that's fucking sure of that. incredibly the way dumb. you said that, you're like, oh, they gave up Lance Archer so they can give away Brian Danielson. Well, I'm just saying they can they can easily let someone go for six weeks. It would not hurt AEW at all to have, to lose Brian Danielson for six weeks while he went to Japan and tore it up against Tanahashi and Okada. I don't see how you couldn't think that that could easily help Danielson and AEW. And Only everyone. if it's in the states. Only if something happens in the states. I don't. I honestly just do not see a okay, scenario. Okay, Vince Russo. No, I just don't see a scenario where they're going to willy nilly just completely give someone up for so long. Except for Lance Archer. Well, who's Lance Archer? <laughs> Who is Kareem Garcia? No, no but I, no, I, but I, like realistically, like Lance Archer is a huge like when they were announcing the names, Lance Archer got a huge pop, like because of his Suzuki Goon allegiance and all that stuff, right? So it kind of makes sense in, th- in, in in that approach this year. Again, let's see what happens next year. I do think that one of the blocks, if they stick to this huge 28-man field, one of the blocks is going to take place in the States. And if that happens, sky's the limit. That's a really good idea, though. I, I, a separate of the Brian Danielson argument, I do think that might happen. And then, boom, there's there's your forbidden door opened, although that's less exciting. It'd be way more exciting if Brian Danielson actually went to New, Jap- New Japan Pro Wrestling and actually wrestled their wrestlers. Yeah, well, I'm not saying that in the time. Like, I'm saying that a more likely scenario is like we're going to get what six other wrestlers six possible new japan wrestlers coming to america for one block they can record the shows around dominion do special special shows like they did that one in dallas a few years ago to kick off the g1 yeah exactly so anyways we'll see what happens but uh yeah a lot there's been a lot of negativity about this honestly i think this is a great great field i think the, the issue with the g1 at the end of the day is that it's you know if you look at this from a pure booking point of view, you can kind of see where the booking's going to go. But it's the matches themselves that make it for me, right? So we're going to be getting some great matches. And I guess it really, I guess we don't know yet because we don't know who's in what block just yet. But uh, I think Jonah's going to have a great one. I think uh, Filthy Tom is just going to tear it up. Uh, he, he's been doing really good. Um, you know, Juice Robinson has a lot to prove. I think it's going to be a fine, fine, fine tournament. Uh, yeah, man, it definitely, absolutely will be. Uh, I love the new format, man. We've we've actually kind of called for this before in talking about the G1. They should add players, add people, and split the blocks up so every match means more. Instead of having 10 matches and people are obviously eliminated pretty much right away, you have six matches and the stakes are higher. It's like the NFL season versus the MLB season. So yep. I think I think this is brilliant. I think it can only help the combatants and the actual product in the ring. I, I like this a lot. Yep. I think, yeah, writing it off is as like less than is a terrible take. I think it has a, a chance to be way more than previous G1s in terms of excitement, in terms of sports-like feel. Yep. So I guess we're going to have to – our original plan was to get each take a block. I think we're going to have to each take two blocks at this point. Yeah, I'm actually, at this point, I'm probably going to watch, although it's ironic, it's going to end up being more matches. I'm probably going to end up watching all of them because 
I am in, intrigued by the new format. So I don't yeah. know. Maybe we maybe we won't have to delegate. Maybe we can delegate like this. Maybe I'll watch the G1 and you watch the uh, Stardom version or vice versa. Yeah, we we'll we'll figure something out. Anyways, <laughs> let us talk some some Dominion. I'm gonna blow through some of these matches because like a good old New Japan card. Some of the undercard was just met at best. Good like good matches, but you know no stakes. Nothing really mattered. All right, so let's kick things off. The first match of the night was United Empires. Aaron Hinari, Francisco Akira, and TJP versus Master Wato, uh, Taguchi, and Tenzan. Yeah, so I did not see this show yet. I don't have much to add except for I need to see more of Francisco Akira. like his work a lot. Same. He's awesome. He's killing it right now. This was a pretty fun match. United Empire ends up winning uh, after Hinari locked Tenzin in a full Nelson. The next match was Bullet Clubs, Ace Austin, El Fantasmo, and, T- and Taiji Ishimori versus Bushi, Takahashi, and Naito as LIJ went up, up to par here. So this match was a lot of fun. Um, interesting. So next weekend or on monday i believe it's a monday the 20th it is going to be uh ishimori versus takahashi for the iwgp junior heavyweight match uh, title now what's interesting is that when lij was coming out it was takahashi who kind of led the pack to the ring he was kind of like the last guy out it was his theme playing, and oh. he was in the back of the pack, right? So that was kind of interesting, and I, I like that touch just because the entire match they were putting over that uh, a junior heavyweight match. Interesting. I wonder if we're going to get like a Farouk and the Rock situation where they uh, kick Naito out of this group, and or just like Ta- Takahashi officially becomes like kind of the de facto leader, you know? Yeah. Well, El Fantasmo ends up winning this match for the Bullet Club. Ace Austin was awesome. To, to kick off this match, uh, they were kind of doing this. Uh, they isolated Naito, Naito, and they were kind of doing some 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 back rakes. But everyone from Bullet Club kind of went out of their way to make the uh, the the back rake just as 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 stupid and crazy as humanly possible with Ace Austin just, <laughs> just being Ace Austin playing mini Gambit. So that was kind of cool. <laughs> That's uh, that is absurd. Yeah, and then in the match that solidifies why I do not like Yano. It was Yano versus Doc Gallows. Can you imagine? Oh my God! Oh no! Can I can't. you imagine? Oh, Jesus! Yano won. Why? There we go. That's all I need to say. Moving on. Yep. Never open weight. Six man tag team championship. Evil show and Yujiro Takahashi, the House of Torture, uh, versus El Desperado, uh, Kanemaru, and Zack Saber Jr. from Suzuki Goon. This match was pretty fun. I really like this match a lot. Uh, House of Torture ends up winning. Oh, that's yeah. disappointing. Not Zack Saber Jr. and crew. No, no. So that was a lot of fun. All right, then it was the IWGP Tag Team Championships. Great O'Conn and Jeff Cobb, United Empire versus Bad Luck Folly and Chase Owens. This match was all right. Jeff Cobb at one point tried to put Bad Luck Folly on a tour of the islands. That didn't go according to plan. Um, O'Conn and Owens kind of ended the match. Um, They... uh, Ocon gave Owens a belly-to-belly suplex. Cobb then did his tour of the islands, won the match, 
retained the belt, or sorry, won the belts also. Uh, so that was that. After the match, though, Rocky Romero hit the ring. He beats down Great Ocon and Cobb, uh, but they end up destroying Rocky Romero as they kind of do, do pose, poses over his body as it laid on the floor. So they regained the tag team titles, possibly setting up a match versus FTR and yep. maybe uh, one or two other people. That's kind of what I'm thinking. All right, the interim AEW World Title Eliminator, Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Hiroki Goto. Man, these guys always put on a good match, in my opinion. Uh, but they're both really slowing down, man. They're both really slowing down in their in their in their years. Well, hey, man, they've been going at it for a while. But yeah, so uh, what I've heard about this match is actually pretty good. It was nice and short to the point. Wasn't your perhaps you could say typical like 28, 29 minute New Japan, which is like a quick, good 12 minutes. I've had this uh, recommended to me, which is which is nice. The AEW world title eliminator needed some good matches here. Yep. Tanahashi beat Goto. Tanahashi now will face John Moxley at Forbidden Door for the interim AEW championship. Shockingly, Goto will not main event that pay-per-view. Yep, exactly. All right. In the next match, thank God it was only 10 minutes because I really don't have time for for, 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 for this hmm. title. And that's the King of Pro Wrestling title. It was a 10-minute unlimited pinfall scramble match. It was... I think Shigo- we... Hmm? I was just going to say, I think we might uh, defer on this because... I I uh, I'm very excited to see this match. I like the first one, like the uh, the pinfall scramble gimmick, where it's accumulating counts of a pin as though they're like points on the board. It just like it's kind of like it's a different, different kind of sports. It's, like yeah, it's different. But I don't know. It just it just didn't. It, I'm not the biggest Tai Chi fan. Let's just you know I'm gonna yeah, throw that tai one Chi's, out there. Yeah, yeah. that's Shingo, fair. Tai Chi's though, Tai Chi's not. The best. Yeah, Shingo was great. This this was great. So Shingo ends up winning. Um, I like the ending because it was a, you know, Tai Chi covers Shingo's. He's going for all the points, but the clock runs out when he had one more pin to go to tie it up. So it was a saved by the belt situation for Shingo. Nice. Yeah. So I like that. Again, like the, the comeback victory, a little bit of sports presentation. Like, I agree that the King of Pro Wrestling title is uh, shit, but I think these like last couple Shingo accumulated pin matches have been the, the only good thing that have ever come out of this title. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Keep it to this match style. Right. That's, in my opinion, what they should do. I don't like the hardcore yeah. stuff. I don't like all the other gimmicks that they've done. If they're going to do anything, just these these uh, accumulative pins is the way to go. All right. Never Seems open like heavyweight championship. Something. You had Tomatonga, your champ, versus Carl freaking Anderson. Oh, this match, not the best. Um, but it was Tomatonga is going to have a great singles career. I'll say that much. I think he might do it in WWE and not AEW or New Japan, honestly. But I agree. I think he's got a lot of potential. He's getting way better. He is. He really is. Carl uh, Anderson ends up winning. Doc hits the ring. Hits. He took a gun stunt from Tamatonga. Uh, Tamatonga was distracted. Anderson dropped him with a gun stun, and he pinned him, and that's how he ends up winning the title. So that's his Carl uh, Anderson's first singles title ever. Wow, in New Japan. That's nice, yep. or just in general, maybe, in too. Japan, yeah, in the never-open-weight championship. Yep. Nice. All right, then it was the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship. Uh, Juice Robinson 
was stripped of the title, but I love the angle that they're playing. It's it's, it's pretty much a, I'm not giving up my title. So there was no physical title for this match. And the whole story is that is that Juice Robinson refuses to give up the title. So, you know, we know where this is going. Anyways, it was Will Ospreay versus Sonata. Really, really fun match. I really enjoyed this match. Um, one thing was Will Ospreay's coming off of an, an injury, a kidney infection. And this might be the first time that Will Ospreay didn't try to kill himself in a match. <laughs> well, that's always good. That's a positive. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, Sonata kicked out of an Oz cutter. He reversed a, a Stormbreaker into an offensive sequence. Sonata then hit a Tiger suplex. He goes for a moonsault. Osprey blocks it with his knees. He then hits a uh, couple hidden blades and then a Stormbreaker to win the vacant IWGP United States Championship. After the match, Will Osprey kept saying, where's my fucking belt? Where's the belt? So ah, I nice, love nice. even in victory, Will Osprey continues the and New Japan Pro Wrestling is screwing me angle. <laughs> yeah, hilarious. Uh, I love it. Yep, and then it was main event time, Jay White versus Okada. All right, so as we all know, the in Japan, it's still illegal, for lack of a better term, to to cheer. You can clap, but you can't you can't audibly cheer. The entire match saw Jay White trying so hard to get the crowd cheering. <laughs> well, I have never seen a wrestler just just. Just, just shit on a crowd so much, for and 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 it, like everything about Jay White was just awesome in this match. He was, he controlled the match, and as he's controlling the match for like you know ten minutes, twenty minutes, fifteen minutes. Yeah, Okada got a bit of offense, but dude, this was all Jay White. Like Jay White just. He just completely controlled most of this match. It was great. I loved this. I loved this. This was like. He, he went 40 minutes of basically beating up Okada. Um, at the end, it kind of looked like Okada was going to get the win. He does do a Rainmaker. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it, that didn't that didn't work out for him. And then Jay White eventually uh, gets, gets, gets his finisher, wins the title from Okada. After the match, all of Bullet Club starts celebrating. He goes does get the crowd to start cheering a little bit uh and uh yeah he basically says that you know he's the one who sold out msg and now he's selling out the united center oh yeah so he actually did get people to cheer is that uh, is he going to jail how does that work <laughs> who yeah. knows who so knows i'm looking i'm Looking here, 36 minutes and four seconds we have a new iwgp world champion Wow, and it'll be uh, it'll be exciting to see what AEW does with uh, with this title on the Forbidden Door show. Yeah, right. I'm hoping it's not you know a four way. I don't want to see a four way. I think Hangman and Okada can have their own great match, but I really just want to see Jay White face someone on his own. Yeah, Jay White versus Adam Cole could be interesting for a number of reasons. I, I think that it makes a lot of sense. I, I'd I'd like to see that too, man. I like where your head's out there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but it was great just because when he did win, he like his first thing was, you know, screw you, Adam Page. You can have a car to all you want now. <laughs> nice. Yeah, exactly. So, well, that's uh, that's kind of interesting uh, how they played it. I wonder if like Tony knew and had. You know what I mean? Like 
Hangman Page specifically say, I want Okada? Like, I, I don't know. We're going to see. It's a very, there are ways they could go with this from here. Yep. Yeah, man. Very good show. Uh, it sounds like I should definitely watch that match for the 122 of 2022. Yeah, I think you should watch uh, the IWGP World Heavyweight title. You should also watch the U.S. title match. Uh, and I think those were by far the best matches of the night, in my opinion. Nice, man. Nice. All right. So we are going to disconnect here. I'm going to go watch NXT because it's already going on at this point. Then we're going to be back with NXT talk uh, tomorrow, Boris and I. And then, Boris, after watching NXT 2.0 and NWA and Raw after the last few days, I'm never watching professional wrestling again. I quit. I retire. I'm done. I hate this stuff now. No, I'm just kidding. I love wrestling. I always will. But I need a break. Those That's three mediocre-ass shows in a row. Yep, exactly. So, yeah. So, basically, until TNA. And then we're going to get back to it. All right. So, that is all for today. Thank you for listening. He's Matt. I'm Boris. Good night. Go Warriors. Go Avalanche. Yeah, yeah, yeah.